Despair and desolation in New Orleans set in the vibrant yet shadowy backdrop of New Orleans. Our main characters, Ray and Louis, embark on a tumultuous journey, spiraling into chaos when they chance upon a suitcase filled with narcotics. A wild ride ensues as they encounter the city's darker corners and their own inner demons, all under the watchful and ever-present gaze of the law. Chapter 1, Missteps into Mischief It was a damp evening in the throbbing heart of New Orleans as Ray's wandering gaze flicked over the never-ending spectrum of dazzling lights, flashing signs, and the fleeting, twisted silhouettes of both saints and sinners that made up this town. He swayed slightly, whiskey sour in hand, embracing the languid rhythm of the lively jazz band that provided a rich auditory tapestry. Ray knew the city like the veins on the back of his calloused hands but tonight, everything was different. The tendrils of adventure had finally entangled him and his confidant, Louis, baiting them into the molasses of this unfamiliar side of New Orleans. Louis, the gun-shy sidekick to Ray's drunken bravado, gulped his drink nervously, eyes darting around like an anxious sparrow. Their lives were about to take a dive into the unknown as they stumbled upon a dubious-looking suitcase plunked in a moonlit alley, ironically stamped with the tag demeaning, Mr. Euphoria. Ray was quick to spot it, his curious eyes catching the wicked gleam emanating from the suitcase like a moth to a flame. Pandora's box, he muttered, crouching down to inspect it. Louis hung behind, every alarm in his head ringing in a symphony of ominous foreboding. Raised eyebrows, he muttered, I wouldn't open that if I were you, Ray. Unfazed, Ray unboxed the threat, revealing the curse it held, brick after brick of narcotics. His reckless grin widened while Louis went pale, nearly choking on his apprehension. Oh, Louis, where's your sense of adventure? Before they could react, Ray had picked up an alien-like tablet and popped it into his mouth like candy, his fearless spirits riding high. The first rush was like a typhoon, a tempest of colors, sounds, and sensations pouring through every pore, infusing the very essence of Ray's being. Louis, aghast, fluttered in his spot as he observed Ray, his face stony yet hints of curiosity in his timid eyes. Ignoring Ray's intoxicated, tempting assurance, Louis finally buckled under peer pressure and swallowed his apprehension, along with the pill. And sir, their first taste of the narcotic kicked in, hard and fast, the effects dancing wickedly around them, distorting their perceptions and tearing the veil of reality, leaving them in a world dipped in blurry lights and shifting shadows, their minds reduced to an intoxicated haze. Paranoia was a creeping, insidious mistress, lurking at first, and then rearing its ugly head, making itself known in the dark corners of their minds. The city that was once a home to their escapades seemed to morph into a grotesque caricature of its former self. The fluttering laughter of the damsel two tables down bled into a high-pitched hysterical cackle, the innocent saxophone wails transformed into ghostly moans, the muscle bounces friendly face contorted into a menacing snarl. Ray, in his drunk stupor, was immune to the ominous changes, his adult mind only capable of reveling in the chaos. It was Louis, the staunch realist, who sensed the cold tendrils of paranoia wrapping around their perception, subtly warping it. Paranoia had set in like a slithering serpent with venomous fangs, ready to inject its venom into the veins of their sanity. In the dregs of the muted night, laughter was choked into fear as they stepped off the edge of the mundane into the chasm of unpredictability. The night was only beginning, the poor prints of mischievous fates were already staining their path. They were about to embark on a trip through the dirt roads of the chaos where every alley was a gateway to the shadows, tempting them deeper into the labyrinth of euphoria. The journey into the underbelly of New Orleans had ignited, trailing embers of chaos behind. Chapter 2, Lizard-Filled Labyrinths as the sun sank low and bathed the city in a red haze, Ray and Louis were still grappling with the aftereffects of their initial encounter with Mr. Euphoria. The narcotics were powerful, an unforgiving force that had caused the ground beneath them to shift literally and metaphorically. The first encounter was only the beginning, soon it was hard to tell where reality ended and illusions started. It began subtly, a fleeting image at the corner of their eyes, a quirk of light that seemingly deformed the face of the passersby. Louis noticed it first when the bartender at their regular joint greeted them. 
His tongue, which usually skidded from side to side during conversation, a possible nervous tick, Louis had always thought, now seemed to bob out and dart back like a serpent tasting the air. The man's skin had developed an uncanny shade of green in rough texture that reminded Louis of reptile scales. Louis shook off the unease before the gravity of this strange transformation could fully sink in. You're tired, you've had a rough day, you're hallucinating a bit, he murmured to himself, breathing in the evening air, with its insistent hum of jazz and overlying notes of licorice and popcorn. Even then, Louis didn't feel at ease. He could feel the city around him shift, could hear its rhythm stumble, like a record played at an incorrect speed. Ray, on the other hand, took longer to detect the transformation. When he did, it hit him like a runaway train. Encased in a matrix of delightful neon lights and shadowy alleyways, he spotted a child with eyes that blinked sideways, her mother with long, slender fingers that ended with sharp, clawed tips. They were grotesque, yet fascinating. And Ray, ever the thrill-seeker, fed on that fascination even as a cold strip of fear lanced through him. The city of New Orleans, a labyrinth they had gleefully lost themselves in, had transformed into a living nightmare. With every passing hour, the hallucinations increased. The ink-blue night transformed the city's dwellers into a carnival of lizard-like creatures. Everyone they crossed seemed grotesque, deformed. Yet, it wasn't an outright horror, rather it was the uncanny valley, the nearly familiar yet subtly alien, that stoked their paranoia. It wasn't just the people, buildings twisted and contorted in odd ways, the street lights hummed with a menacing rhythm, neon signs blinked cryptic messages only to morph back into innocent, mundane advertisements before they could properly decode them. This spiral of fear and thrill gripped Ray and Louis, its icy hold tighter with each passing moment. The once familiar streets now held ominous threats at every turn. The duo, fearing this newfound world, adopted an ancient survival tactic, they ran. They chose to escape, abandoning the usual fearless exploration. They zigzagged through the city's snaking lanes, distancing themselves from nearly perceived threats. Crisscrossing alleyways, dashing through the maze of towering and winding buildings, they ran further into the heart of the city, further into chaos. But even as they fell deeper into the rabbit hole, even as despair clawed at their sanity, there was an insatiable curiosity, a dark fascination that kept them tied to their path, hooked to their wild dance with Mr. Euphoria. After all, this was New Orleans, a city of charms and curses, melodies and dissonance, reality and make-believe. And tonight, they were lost, not amidst the city's intoxicating uncertainty, but in their own hallucinogenic delirium. Welcome to the Euphoria Labyrinth, the hosts of the party seemed to whisper from the darkened corners of their minds, welcome to the party that hadn't even begun. Chapter 3, Paranoia Personified. New Orleans, beautiful in its decadence and flavored with an omnipresent layer of sinister intrigue, was anything but the bright, festive haven it usually was. The flickering neon lights, which usually seemed to imbibe the city with multi-hued magic, were not painting the town in rainbows tonight. Today, they radiated ominously under the throbbing night sky, instilling an obscure feeling of dread. The city's dwellers, in their nocturnal revelry, looked more like monstrous figures in an extended hallucination that was persisting with the same relentlessness as Ray's pounding heartbeat. Shadows crept as silent witnesses across the labyrinthine streets. The city was in full swing, her jazz beats reverberating beyond the confines of the bars and clubs, resonating in every corner with a dissonant rhythm that was gradually setting their souls aflame. As people moved across the scene, their smiles, usually inviting, warm, appeared threatening. Each gleaming set of teeth seemed looped into a never-ending coil that ran into tongues that would flick out, a grotesque substitute to the warm-hearted laughter they were accustomed to. It was as if their ordinary world had been invaded by a horde of intergalactic lizards, and they, the unsuspecting victims of a sci-fi horror chronicle. Louis, by nature an introverted entity, felt a gnawing sense of discomfort. His eyes darted to and fro, trying to stitch the bizarre reality that was slowly fragmenting, scattering into a thousand improbable shards. 
Flashbacks from his coding days abruptly flitted through his mind. The splitting of data into binary compartments was easier than trying to dissolve the compound reality into understandable fragments. Ray, however, was more amusing to watch. Usually fearless, his reactions were laid with an entertaining cocktail of paranoia and thrill-seeking. Being a relentless explorer, his curiosity was inclined towards approaching these distorted specters, inadvertently leading them into a string of melodramatic confusion and misjudgment. People's friendly advances were met with manic responses, transforming ordinary encounters into battles of unnecessary epic proportions. The frivolous banter was replaced with gibberish, and crashes into unseen objects were frequent. If the situation wasn't so painfully real, it would have been a scene exquisite in its comic tragedy. The hallucinations continued, wrapping them in cloaks of illusory perceptions, experiences fluctuated between fleeting moments of clarity in longer, torturous episodes of distorted fields of vision. Tendrils of smoky jazz music caressed their senses, blurring the boundaries of the blurred reality further. Each twisting note that floated through the night was a tantalizing mimic of the city's soul, only skewed enough to be a nightmare's lullaby. The streets of New Orleans offered no solace, differing vastly from the usual allure. Instead of playing the crimson cloak temptress, tonight, she was a harrowing siren, pulling them deeper into the whirlpool of chaos they had willingly dived into. As the sun gradually began to rise, painting the sky with shades of a sordid reality, they found themselves hiding in the city's alleyways, the fear of being seen overwriting any sense of reason. The serpentine labyrinth of New Orleans was no longer an exciting venture, it became a torturous journey of paranoia. Something had to give because the city was wailing, and so were they, lost, confused, and sightless pupils in the broad daylight of hallucinations. Chapter 4, Discord in the Rhythm The depth of the humid New Orleans night hung over Ray and Louis like a thick, hazy fog, muffling the loud jazz horns playing in the distance and soaking their clothes in the sweat of exhilaration and fear. The city was alive with eerie abnormality, and our tormented protagonists were stricken with the profound dissonance of once-familiar rhythms now ringing alien. A night that might have sparked camaraderie in the face of the uncanny, instead saw an imperceptible thread of tension weave itself into the fabric of Ray and Louis' friendship. Ray's adventure-bound spirit, simultaneous fuel, and poison to the situation, had him dancing blithely on the line between risk and ruin. He took each hallucination in his stride, donned every paranoia as an unexpected thrill, and chalked up each near-miss with danger as a story worthy of remembrance. Look at him, Louis. Ray would chuckle pointing at a weathered roadside busker transforming into a trumpet-spewing Komodo dragon before their eyes. You'd never see anything like this in our usual neck of the woods. Louis, standstill amidst the psychosis-induced chaos, saw not the extraordinary story but life's tangible threads fraying. His tech-wizard mind, customarily a force of reason, now a throbbing node of worry, magnified each risk Ray plunged headlong into, every slithering shadow Ray chased brought him closer to a precipice. Ray, he implored, reaching out shaky hands to steady his teetering friend. I think we need to, slow down. His words were swept away in the disarray of a lively makeshift parade charging through the narrow lane, a parade of creatures that, to sober minds, were merely eccentrically dressed locals tipsy on bourbon and jazz. Ray, yielding to his fearlessness and addictive inclining, did the unthinkable. He joined the parade, disappearing into a swirl of dancing, lizards, and undulating neon lights, leaving Louis standing alone in the throbbing heart of the shadowy labyrinth. Not knowing whether to join his friend's reckless abandon or nurse his own anxiety, Louis sank back against the graffiti-laced wall of a nearby building, feeling the pulsations against his back. His finger traced the familiar circuit lines of the wall art, thoughts alternatively rooted in reality and strayed into the depths of psychedelic incoherence. No use playing the tortoise to raise hair, Louis finally muttered to himself, making a reluctant decision. With a deep breath, he pushed himself off the wall and plunged into the kaleidoscopic chaos, in the desperate hope that together they might navigate the discord and find their rhythm in this relentless new reality. 
As Ray and Louis forging ahead into the narcotic-injected maze, their friendship strained, two familiar rhythms beating in unharmonious disarray. The discord in their rhythm becoming the soundtrack of the euphoric sojourn. Unbeknownst to them, the adventure was just beginning, their respective coping mechanisms to be tested in this labyrinth of disorienting euphoria. Chapter 5, Temptations Tango. The seedy underbelly of New Orleans, a cacophonous symphony of jazz, the intoxicating scent of Creole cuisine, and the crimson floodlight of neon signs, served as the backdrop for Ray and Louis' tumultuous escapade. Still blissfully ignorant of the nefarious nature of their thrill, they found themselves chained to the allure of a suitcase named Mr. Euphoria. Each dip in the potent cocktail of narcotics within it tugged them deeper into a psychedelic maze, an alluring tango with temptation itself. Ray, laser-focused on the hedonistic pursuit of thrill, was becoming increasingly unmindful of the imminent danger. He had thrown caution to the tormented wind of the New Orleans nights. Every fleeting high he chased with blind fervor, making Louis' concern a mere backdrop noise to the jazz ensemble playing in his mind. One more won't hurt, Lou, Ray grinned and sniffed up another hit, shaking off Louis' apprehensive protest. His eyes dilated, mirroring the glowing neon lights of a nearby sign that screamed, live jazz, an ironic reflection of the tuneful chaos brewing within him. The hit catapulted him into a swirling abyss of colors, each one dancing in sync to an unseen rhythm. Louis watched his friend spiral yet deeper into the ever-narrowing vortex of debauchery. Silent screams of concern echoed in his mind, muffled by the grip of their insidious cargo. Yet, the shroud of narcotics numbing his senses wasn't thick enough to completely smother his growing concern for Ray. The tech wizard's analytical mind began to send alarming estimates of their steepening descent into madness. The corners of painful lucidity seeped in, stinging his consciousness just enough to render Ray's actions reckless and dangerous. He watched as Ray laughed in the face of the monstrous shadows cast by flickering streetlights, his audacity fueled by Mr. Euphoria. His own perception parodied his concern as the streetlights morphed into long, glaring reptilian eyes. Every stagger in Ray's step, every slurring word, painted an alarming picture before Louis's eyes. A responsible voice in his head, one most likely reflecting the influence of his strict, binary upbringing, pleaded with him to stop. Yet, the radiant shimmer of euphoria dulled the sound. The grip of the rave had ensnared them in a vice, a thrilling yet terrifying tango with temptation. Louis tried to rationalize, to detach himself from the grave scenario unfolding before his eyes. In all honesty, he had expected the occasional misstep, a few lost breadcrumbs in the maze of their adventure. But the devolution visible in Ray's recklessness was a signboard of impending doom he could no longer ignore. The frenzied hues of the wild jazz music and psychedelic trip began to blend, an intoxicating cocktail that was far more potent and dangerous than Louis had bargained for. Under his growing concern, a grim realization began to dawn. Their tango with temptation wasn't a mere dance. It was a disoriented whirl in the eye of a storm, a storm that was Mr. Euphoria's making. As Ray succumbed further to his reckless pursuit, and the daunting maze of illusions deepened around them, Louis stood at the threshold of a critical decision. The technicolor dreamscape around them no longer veiled the stark truth. It was the point of no return. This was temptation's tango, and perhaps it was time for the dance to end. But could he convince Ray of the same? Could he pull him back onto the precipice of sanity before it was too late? The shadows darkened around him, the beats of the jazz mocking his plight. Only time would tell. Chapter 6, Delirium's Hold. Bathed in the violent glow of neon lights pulsating outside the grimy, sweat-slicked motel window, Ray collapsed onto the miserably lumpy mattress. The world around him lurched, dipped, swayed, and everything in it transformed into a psychedelic circus, courtesy their relentless companion, Mr. Euphoria. Who knew narcotics could be so polite, offering illusions tailored to each cruel whim and fancy? Ray's live frame trembled, his pale skin slick with cold beads of sweat, while his wide-eyed gaze remained locked onto the warm lime green carpet. 
Each fibrous strand, under the influence of Mr. Euphoria, morphed into a serpentine dance, slithering around like hypnotized reptiles, flickering tongues whispering unthinkable secrets. Fear, the whisper came forth from Ray, barely more than a strained and desperate gasp. He was drowning, in uncertainty, an absolute terror of the bubbling acid trip his own mind had become. But not Louis, at least not entirely. Louis, hunched over the rickety table that couldn't have been more out of place in the claustrophobic room, was wrestling with the titillating strands of reality still firm within his grasp. A monstrous war waged within him, between the seductive allure of Mr. Euphoria and the sober chant of reason that refused to succumb. This isn't us, Ray. His voice, firm yet laced with an alarming chill, cut through the tinny drone of a late-night show playing on the ancient television perched precariously on a rotting wooden stool. We ain't drug addicts, and we ain't gonna start now. Ray's chillingly vacant eyes rolled to Louis, staring with a wild desperation that seemed to whisper, too late. But Louis, stubborn as ever, refused to accept that. This ain't the adventure we signed up for, man. Differences apart, Louis had tossed caution to the wind and embarked on this mad journey for one reason alone, camaraderie. The tech genius inside him was enslaved by algorithms, codes, and monotonous lines, but the man, the man sought the thrill of a daring narrative, the adrenaline that followed an uncalculated risk. Not this, not a descent into oblivion. You remember that, Ray? His voice had softened now, but the conviction hadn't wavered. Louis was not about to let despair win. With newfound resolve, he straightened, his gaze hardened. We are in control, not some damn suitcase full of narcotics. Not, Mr. Euphoria, us. Despite a sweetly enticing voice at the back of his mind whispering that it was futile, Louis struck off the path of least resistance. He took a deep breath and tried to remember the programming sequences. Yes, they consisted of simple zeros and ones, but the beauty lies in their infinite possibilities. If he could manipulate something as bland, he could surely conquer this. Feeling a sting on his palms, he realized he'd been gripping the edge of the table so hard they could have been carved out of stone, he relaxed. Gently he placed his shaking hands on Ray's trembling shoulders. His fear-filled eyes staring back at him, a mirror reflecting his own apprehensions. He locked gazes with Ray, forced a smile, we are stronger than this. Ray let out a trembling sigh, barely more than a gust of air that intermingled with the stale motel air. Acknowledgement, hope. Or was it just despair finally making home? But Louis took it as a sign, as fuel. He stood up, steeling himself, ready to face the menacing labyrinth created by the real antagonist, Mr. Euphoria. This chapter wasn't over yet, not by a long shot. Chapter 7, Flicker of Hope. Reality loomed over the twosome in the dingy hotel room. Neon lights from the nearby Bourbon Street seeped through the threadbare curtains, painting a kaleidoscopic dreamscape across the tired, drawn faces. A malign aura clung onto the room, a remnant of their reckless dalliance with Mr. Euphoria. But in that haunted desolation, one of them found resurgence. One of them discovered hope. Louis was a survivor. His careful demeanor, ever so submissive towards life's outrageous turns, had kept him alive during their encounter with the grinning beast they called Mr. Euphoria. His techie mind, trained to unravel the most complex of codes, began to assemble a strategy. He drew upon all reserves, digging deep, deeper than he ever had to pry Ray away from the dangerous sirens singing from the depths of the suitcase. Louis sat on the edge of the rickety twin bed, his grip tightening around a lukewarm mug of stale coffee. His bloodshot eyes were riveted on Ray, who lay on the floor, entranced by an unseen melody only he could hear. Ray, Louis began, his voice wavering, a pianist unsure of his opening note. He was met with an eerily silent hum, punctuated by Ray's deranged murmurs. He tried again, louder this time, Ray. We need to get out. Ray's darkened eyes flickered open, slivers of self-awareness permeating the dilated depths. Out, he echoed distantly, as if the concept were alien to him. Louis seized the moment, a glimmer of hope ignited in his exhausted spirit. Yes, man, out of this whispered nightmare Mr. Euphoria's been dancing us in, he pleaded, his words coaxing and persuasive. 
He watched the words manifest within Ray's murky gaze and felt a surge of validation as Ray seemed to register the severity of their plight. Louis proceeded honestly, recounting details of the descent into the torrent of chaos. He narrated his own haunted hallways that had lizards for tenants and lampposts for menacing gargoyles. He confessed his dread of the ever-thinning line between the real and imaginary. And as he poured out, Ray began to listen, not only with his ears but with his soul. I thought it was all an adventure, Ray, a part of the journey. But right now, we're not explorers, not adventurers. We're victims, victims of our own choices, Louis choked out, his words gaining a life of their own, echoing around the room like the ghostly chorus of their past follies. Ray's gaze shifted, turncoat pupils darting nervously to the forgotten suitcase. Mr. Euphoria sat innocently in the corner, glimmering under the fading neon glow. But the once desirable aura had turned ominous, the charming smile now a malefic snarl. Ray turned away, disgust washing over his wasted features. Feel that Ray, Louis pointed towards the suitcase. That's the beast both of us have been feeding and now it wants to consume us. But it's not too late. An uncomfortable silence draped the room. The echoes of Louis's words resonated, punctuated only by distant jazz notes and the surreal hum that the city of New Orleans cloaked itself in. Ray started to understand. The sirens of his orchestrated reality started fading against Louis's untarnished truth. All right, Louis, Ray rasped, a shred of his old self weaving through the worn-out syllables. Get me out. Let's get us out of this. Chapter 7, Flicker of Hope, decorated their travelogue. A testament to a turning tide. Amidst the murky waters of despair and hallucination, they had found a beacon of reality, a flicker of hope. They were ready to face the music and dance to a tune devoid of Mr. Euphoria's intoxicating murmur. Chapter 8, Back to Reality. The city was asleep, nursing its hangover from the fervor of the night, and whispering tales of neon indulgences in the cool dawn. The air was redolent of dew-soaked pavement, spiked with the lingering notes of jazz that had danced through the night. The sky seemed a little too bright, the streets a bit too quiet. It was surreal, especially after nightmares of lizard ghosts and phantom police. Louis sat on the hard, cold steps of St. Louis Cathedral, clutching a throbbing head in his pathetic, trembling hands. He glanced at Ray, lying limply beside him, the spirited adventurer reduced to a shell of his former self. Gritting his teeth, Louis nudged Ray again, his voice a hoarse whisper. Ray, get up. We have to move. Ray, Ray moaned as a lancet of bright sunlight pierced his vulnerable eyes, but he stirred, pulling himself into a sitting position with an effort that would have been comical if the situation weren't so dire. Perception tangled with reality as he blinked, still scrunching up his face against the cruel light of day. His world, once the playground of murderous lizards and impossible pursuits, now unraveled to its routine, sober self. Nausea gnawed at his gut, the aftertaste of their ill-advised escapade bitter on his tongue. Ray rubbed the back of his trembling hand across his mouth, grimacing. His face was pale, eyes bloodshot, hair sticking at odd angles, badges of his war with Mr. Euphoria. Louis, he rasped, voice barely a puff of breath, what, what in God's name did we do? That was the question, wasn't it? How does one begin to answer something like that? Louis tried to piece together images, disjointed memories battling with bizarre hallucinations. It was like trying to untangle a ball of tightly wound wires, every pull seemed to tighten another knot. It doesn't matter right now, Louis muttered, standing up and lending a hand to Ray. We need to get someplace safe, think things through. Once on his feet, Ray swayed slightly before steadying himself. He set off down the street, each step seeming like a major victory. He was painfully aware of the city around him, his city. His home, the echoing jazz clubs, corner bodegas, and secret passageways, now starkly, unbearably real. Their route carried them through the French Quarter, past cheering tourists blissfully unaware of the tumultuous ordeal. Rendered ordinary, yet extraordinarily heavy by the weight of consequences.
Ray felt an unexpected stab of resentment for the carefree laughter but also an aching longing for that innocence he'd so casually discarded. As they continued, the reality that they had veered recklessly off the conventional path hit Ray like a hammer, a bitter, overwhelming realization that twisted his insides with regret. How had he let it get this far? How had they spiraled so wildly out of control? Overwhelmed by the reality of their situation, Ray sufficiently sobered up. Realities had to be faced, painful, heart-wrenching realities. Eventually, they found themselves at the fringes of the quarter, outside the dilapidated shotgun house Louis rented. The rundown, peeling facade, normally so charmingly shabby chic, felt emblematic of their own shattered normalcy. Louis's keys jingled loudly in the still morning air as he unlocked the door. He glowered at the now-reviled suitcase, shoved haphazardly in a corner. Ray tried to ignore the sense of dread gnawing at him. They had to face the aftermath of their actions. Damages had to be assessed, and some form of normality had to be restored. And for that, there was no guide, no map. There was just Ray and Louis, picking their way through the rubble of their own making. And sir, in the dawn of a new morning, clearing the fog induced by Mr. Euphoria, the battle with reality had begun. And, God help them, they would have to face it sober. Chapter 9, Second Chance Morning in New Orleans had never felt so real, so tangible to Ray and Louis. The city, no more a tumultuous labyrinth of mutated reptilian dwellers, but rather the vibrant, jazz-infused wonder it truly was, dangling on the edge of reality and dreaminess. Now, sitting in the sobering light of dawn, the duo faced each other amidst silent confessions and profound realizations. Ray broke the silence, we've survived the labyrinth, Louis. Louis nodded, mustering a weak smile. The acute, tangible relativity of the past few days hung heavy in the air as they cradled the truth in their newfound sobriety. The hazy thrills concocted by, Mr. Euphoria, couldn't trace a path to real adventures or true enlightenment. The euphoric illusions had plunged them, head first, into chaos, fracturing their world, breaking their essence. They sat in the very trenches they had dug, armed with newfound realization. The high might have promised them an escape from the monotony, a fleeting taste of unchained freedom, perhaps a whispered promise of enlightenment even. But, the demon they had danced with held them captive in paranoia, transforming their world into a nightmarish circus of monstrosities. Trains of laughter tinged with regret echoed through their rundown hideout. Ironically, they found sobriety in the heart of chaos, at the very center of the labyrinth they had fearfully ventured into. A shot of reality was their antidote, realization the guiding light. Ray and Louis understood now that a taste of the forbidden didn't pave the path to epiphanies. It was the courage to face truths, the strength of the spirit that led one to real adventures. Louis, who'd largely been a shadow in the contagious recklessness of Ray, took a step forward. Drawing strength from the same spirit that usually propelled him behind coded screens, juggling binary data, he pushed his way into action. Together, they embarked on the arduous task of rebuilding, putting back pieces of a picture that, Mr. Euphoria, had violently shattered. As days passed, they worked diligently, their fingers not skimming through white powdered sin but scrubbing clean their missteps. The intoxicating whispers of, Mr. Euphoria, became a faint echo in their rehabilitating reality. The jazz-infused nights turned into nourishing exchanges of hopes, dreams, and the promise of future explorations, this time, free from the suffocating chains of hallucinogenic devils. What, Mr. Euphoria, had punctured, sobriety sewed back together. Their friendship, worn thin and strained on the edges, started knitting back slowly. Ray's laughter would often reach Louis in spurts, raw mess of emotions, piercing the murkiness left behind by the chaotic indulgence. And Louis, who had quietly borne the storm in contrasting silence, found his voice again, delivering crisp responses to Ray's playful banter. The frosty distance between them gradually thawed under their renewed camaraderie. In escaping the nefarious labyrinth, Ray and Louis discovered the strength within. The haunting melody of their reckless dance with, Mr. Euphoria, had morphed into a significant learning curve. They faced the darkest depths, emerged from it, stronger and wiser.
The second chance had brought not just a chance to rebuild, but a testament to their friendship, which had weathered a devastating storm and emerged resolute, courageous, ready to face legit adventures waiting in the ever-enchanting embrace of New Orleans. Chapter 9, Second Chance. For Ray and Louis, it was a redefinition, a renaissance, a testament to the indomitable spirit of the human soul. Chapter 10, Emergence. Dawn was making a hesitant appearance over the horizon, casting a soft glow on the weary faces. The soul of New Orleans, after the riveting, vertigo-inducing ride, was winding down its entrancing jazz tunes. The ending melody echoed in the air, symbolizing an end and a beginning. Ray, with groggy eyes and a worn-out body half sunk into an old moth-nibbled couch, stared at the approaching dawn. Long gone were the hallucinated horrors and the dizzying euphoria. Now, reality percolated back, both a soothing balm and piercing reminder of their missteps. The remnants of the narcotics lay untouched on the stained wooden table, a silent testament to their fall and rise, their once charming Mr. Euphoria who had now lost all his allure. Beside him, Louis sat quietly, burdened with the remnants of the reckless adventure. The cold stare he gave the suitcase lacked its initial fascination, it was now replaced with a weary understanding. His formerly calm facade was now replaced with a hardened grimace, etching their relentless ordeal into his being. Ray shifted, slowly turning towards Louis. His face, a canvas of guilt and relief, was illuminated by the rising sun's initial rays. We messed up, didn't we, he muttered. The question lingered in the air, tangible as the dust motes swirling in the morning light. Louis looked at Ray, defensive at first, but nodded. Yes, we did, but it's what we do now that matters, he said, his voice barely above a whisper. The room fell into a comfortable silence. Each was left to the choir of their thoughts, the lesson learned was severe, yet it was their baptism by fire. They were awake now and aware, their spirit bathed in the harsh truth. Days rolled into weeks as Ray and Louis surrendered their wild chase for unchecked adventure, delving instead into the cushion of self-reflection. They found solace in the mundane, in the everyday humdrum they'd once longed to escape. In their storm past, they discovered a newfound appreciation, the joy they sought was not in reckless pleasure but in life's trivial moments, in slipping into the lingering notes of jazz, in the Art Deco charm of New Orleans, in the vibrant energy of Mardi Gras. Rebuilding their lives wasn't smooth sailing, it required confession and amends, surrendering the disobedient street to the rehabilitative routine's rigors. But as they lumbered through the narrow paths with daunting tasks at hand, they didn't feel burdened. Instead, they felt liberated. They were no longer knee-deep in chaos but architects of their existence. They owned their actions, braved their consequences, and those efforts cemented the fragmented pieces of their friendship. This shared experience became an unspoken bond, a fragile tether that weathered the storm and emerged stronger. With each passing day, as the shadow of Mr. Euphoria loosened its hold, they realized their biggest foe had been their reckless pursuit of thrill, the insatiable hunger for an extraordinary existence. They had fallen, face first, into the illusionary quicksand, smitten by the mirage of euphoria. Now, they understood, understood real adventures were not cloaked in momentary pleasures and fleshed from the bones of risk. Instead, they discovered it in their resilience, in their ability to falter, fall, rise, rinse and repeat. In the core essence of humanity, the insurmountable strength lying dormant underneath until pushed into a corner. They emerged from their self-created labyrinth not unscathed, but brave, braver than they had ever been. They built their journey, their story on the axles of the human spirit, the unpredictable yet invincible force that keeps one afloat, turning despair and desolation into hope and dawn. As the rebirth of New Orleans echoed in the distant jazz tunes and Mardi Gras exuberance, Ray and Louis, too, immersed in their silent, profound metamorphosis. No longer were they lost souls ensnared in a shadowy labyrinth, they were now explorers of life. 